<laughs> all right. So this is this is our our little mix. Inks all cool. Woo. We're gonna go around the circle and introduce ourselves. I am of course the cool kid Ray, the coolest kid Ray from the the famous host from all over the galaxy of the Cool Kid Power Hour, the coolest show on the radio. Yeah. And to my right, we have... Hey, um, my name is Sam. I am from the show Inkstain. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Monday set one. Next up, we have one of the wonderful hosts of the... History Radio Hour. It's all history to me, live at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I'm Victoria from the History Radio Hour, and beside me is Sophia. We're the co-hosts of that. This is a um, crossover more ambitious than anything <laughs> <laughs> anything we have ever seen. That's ever right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So, we have a collection of the coolest moments in music history we're, we're going to talk about. But first, we're going to give you a little preview, and we're going to give you some, some, some four songs from these moments. And that can get your brain kind of working and, and feeling as we kind of move into this hour. Yeah. So I hope all of you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Inks All Cool Wiggle Day <laughs> Extravaganza Performance. Yes. Yeah. Live in studio. The best hour in these 24-hour That radio. is so true. So yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so... We promised, I promised before, that we are going to share the coolest moments in music history, and I always keep my promises. Do you, Ray? I do. Always. <laughs> always. Oh, always. Yeah. keep a list. <laughs> yeah. Even if, like, the tiniest little thing, I'll remember. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about one of the coolest moments earlier. As earlier you heard, Auslander by Rammstein, or Outsider in German. I think, like, technically it's, like, Foreigner. Something like that, you know, but yeah. in that way, it's a good song, but so I've been, I've been a fan of their work. They're very big in uh, Europe. They're, they've sold out six, um, stations. No, they sold out stadiums Wow. in Europe cool. and even in America. Hmm. They're really big, really, I mean, really cool band, um, an industrial metal band from Germany, I said before, and they're known for like their power, like really good performances and whatever. And they've been all around Europe. But they've had some trouble, you know, a lot of, as a lot of artists do, going to Russia due to the censorship censorship laws. Right. Um, especially because they're very openly, um, they they support. I, I don't know how to say this on air, but they uh they express free love. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> um, you I know, clothes can sometimes come off and things can happen. So. They they were allowed to do a performance. Uh, re, um, I guess not technically recently. Um, about like I think an album ago, they they had their self titled album, um, and they were touring for that around you know around Europe and America, and they 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 were able to go to Moscow, Russia. But of course, they had to promise that they weren't going to do anything crazy. Just like <laughs> you promised that you would talk about this. Yes, <laughs> but they promised, and instead of me, they maybe go against some of their promises. Uh, oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. no. <laughs> That's they, very punk rock. They, they promised, you know, that um, they would be, we're going to be clean, we're going to be good, Russia, don't worry, because this is after, if you don't know, in 2013, uh, the Vladimir Putin, um, they, they, they passed a bunch of laws against gay propaganda. Mm. So basically, you basically couldn't be, you can't be gay in Russia basically 
you can't really show it. You can't really talk about it. It's all illegal. Um, so they de- um, they decided. Now I need to mention that these people, these these four, actually they're way more than four. These these six beautiful men are all in their fifties and are married and have adult children. <laughs> this is just going to be a good. Like I have to explain this, and. So they're covered in, let's say, metallic body paint. And at the end of this song, Auslander, the two guitarists, Paul Landers and Richard Crisp, they do a little guitar like solo off. They do a little like, no, 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 against each other. And in Moscow, mm-hmm. they were like, hmm, we, like, we, we, we need to like, we know, we're cool. So they decided that after their little, little battle of the guitars, they decided to give each other a little smooch. <laughs> oh, yes. boy. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> they gave each other a nice smooch, just a little mwah on the lips, you know, just just for a fun time. Now, Vladimir, what happened with him? So they, after this, this that, little, I, that little moment, they immediately left Russia. There was, n- there was no legal ag- action taken against them. But they have not performed in Moscow since, and probably for a reason. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think that even the coolest part of this is that that is now a tradition in every one of their shows. After oh, they play wow. that song, these two men are married and have children, by the way. <laughs> but I think I think that makes it even cooler. Yeah. After they do a little guitar battle, they give each other a little Mwah! on the lips, and mm-hmm. then everyone's just like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, I love that. So it's not the first time they've expressed like pro LGBTQ views at in 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 like high risk areas. Hmm. They've also done things in Poland as well, like flying flags around, doing all that stuff. So I just really think they're cool because I it's 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 cool to see older bands and older people just support people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's my cool moment in music history. I like that. Your cool moment is so much more wholesome than. Probably all of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think that it's like, they, they, I just think it's cool because they knew that they had the power to do that and not be arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they mm-hmm. have a lot of money. You right. Know? It's yeah. good activism mm-hmm. of understanding your privilege and using it to your advantage. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And they're like, what if we just kissed? Because there's a full stadium of people here and we could just kiss. What if we kissed after our song <laughs> where it's <laughs> illegal? <laughs> What if we kissed and we were both boys and um, we mm, had a song? They're both kissing and they're both boys. And uh, we did a guitar battle and uh, it's illegal. <laughs> I love that for them. Yes. Yeah. So that's my moment. Anyone want to volunteer to go next? I'll go next. Yeah. Um, let's see. I didn't really pick a moment. I was kind of uh, whacking myself in the brain uh, coming up with. Uh, decision in between Woodstock '77 uh, with Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, what was the other one? Uh, oh, that one time when Nirvana uh, protested MTV. Because what happened with with MTV is that during the '80s and '90s, uh, they had a bunch of bands featuring um, like their music and just like kind of little concerts thing, um, but. And so that was broadcasted on the television. But what happened was that MTV didn't, like, want to get risky or whatever was the point. The thing is that they didn't actually grant uh, playable instruments to the bands. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for example, the drums were muted, and, like, they didn't make sound when you whacked them. Oh. And, like, oh. um, the guitars were unplugged, like, completely, like, um, the strings didn't work. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, when people were performing on MTV, like, they're not actually playing music. Oh, It's a playback. Hmm. Yeah. So, Nirvana, obviously, got um, angry about this. And um, what happened was that they, when they were performing, they made very obvious, they made it a point to make it very obvious that they weren't playing their instruments. Ah, interesting. <laughs> and yes. They embraced and, it. <laughs> embraced it. Yeah. And Chris, the bassist from Nirvana, um, was going like crazy with his bass, throwing it around. And like the bass line is still going, the song is still going. This man is not even touching the fretboard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like whacking his bass around the oh, studio, gosh. like against the drums. And then he throws it up in the air. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like waiting, right? He threw it up, he's waiting, he gets blinded by the light, and then boom the bass falls right on his head. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh, that would hurt. And that would hurt. this man just walks it off, and the <laughs> performance keeps going. Man! <laughs> wow. Dave That's Grohl, impressive. Yes, Dave Grohl on the drum, he's just like, what the what the heck is going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> like a kid on like yes. a, a drum set, just da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that was a very, like, funny moment that I really liked, but, um... Overall, like, also I could just ramble on about um, Alad Insane, uh, aka like when Ziggy Stardust uh, came to America, mm. which was like a whole thing because it had happened um, right after like the LGBTQ um, rights movement uh, started mm-hmm. in Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like a whole thing. It was just like spreading around the world. So that was fun too. But um, I'll let it, I'll let my friends take over. Very yes. cool. If we have more time at the end, we can talk more about just random moments we can yeah. come to, their, they come to yeah. our little brains. Definitely, definitely. Would you like to go next? Ooh, okay, sure. So I picked the Beatles and specifically talking about them uh, coming to America as my moment in music history. Uh, I feel like that their just influence on popular music really made a huge impact on everywhere that they went and changed the genre of popular music for a pretty impactful amount of time and even today. So the song that we played at the beginning here was their first song that they performed live on the Ed Sullivan show in the United States, and that was All By Loving. And they basically made huge waves in the U.S. when they came and continued to make an impact throughout as they evolved as a group. And I just think that that's super interesting and that they set a cool example of showing that they could like still maintain relevancy even when they crossed genres. And I think that that ties well into what Sophie is <laughs> going to talk about. Um, if anyone who knows me is not going to be surprised at what I picked. Um, <laughs> I picked Taylor Swift's album Reputation coming out in 2017. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift coming high like off the top of her um, 1989 album, the most mm-hmm. awarded pop album mm-hmm. of all time. Woo. Um, faced a lot of criticism from the media and the public um, following the release of rapper Kanye West's song Famous, in which he claims he made Swift a success um, by calling her a not very nice word. Um, <laughs> and Swift publicly was like, I did not say that that was okay. He also, I believe, in the music video, it has uh, there's a naked statue of her. Um, hmm. 
as, as well. And she claims she's never consented to that lyric, but his wife at the time, Kim Kardashian, released a phone recording between Swift and Wesk saying that she did consent and that she was a liar. And people online uh, called her out and called her out and basically turned her uh, turned her former image known uh, being known as America's sweetheart to being a bit of a liar and a snake. Um, so they called they called her a snake, and they there was the hashtag Taylor Swift is over party, and as a result Taylor Swift disappears for a year. I think that's what she says in the Miss Americana documentary is that no one saw me for a year, um, and she comes back in 2017 with the Reputation album, which is a play on everyone calling her a snake with a lot of snake imagery, and in the time that she was writing the album, she had fallen in love with an actor named Joe Allen, who she dated for about six years and has allegedly since broken up with him very recently. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that, that was the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> oh, goodness. What a crazy time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and both of the, those major life events make it into the album with it starting off very loud and with lots of energy and ending with New Year's Day which is a lot more quieter. I think it's it's just a piano track and her just singing about how like amidst the chaos she was able to find a true love. And I picked Call It What You Want for the song to be played at the beginning because it's the second to last song in the album. So it's getting closer to the slower end of the album. And it really shows like I was able to find love in a very difficult time. Uh, yeah. I remember just the big hype around the album. Everyone was just like, oh my God. Taylor Swift is now evil. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the silly one. But like, genuinely, people were like, like, what is this? Because mm-hmm. like, it was like, um, what? Yeah, the America, like the America sweetheart, like pop princess kind of vibe into mm-hmm. this like, still very pop, but kind of this like, almost like, mm, who can I compare it to? Like, like, not Miley, not like as as into like the Miley Cyrus image, but more like that kind of pop. Yeah. Like the more like, like the bad girl pop. pop. Like, yeah, I guess revenge pop, mm-hmm. I guess would be a good word for it. Yeah. Very interesting. And I feel like you can make connections to that like genre crossing between the two of our like different moments here <laughs> in music history. And it's super interesting to see how groups can, you know, cross that divide in a way that still maintains their fans and it connects to their personal lives in such like an intricate way. And I don't know if I could ever have the courage to put myself on, you know, center stage in the global platform for that. So, yeah, very impressive. Incredibly. So we have to go to ads, but go for that. we will be back. We'll be talking about whatever comes to our little noggins because we have 30 minutes left. Woo! So, Yay. yep, here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to this amazing episode of Weagle Day on 91.1 FM. Weagle, I said that wrong. <laughs> yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. 91.1 FM radio. Woo. Yes, that's that's the one. Yes. I, for, I remember that we have oh, to yeah. say that sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's I like forget. W-E-G-I-R-N. Yeah. Auburn. So yes, we're going to bring you now some more off-the-cuff cool moments. Off-the-cuff cool moments? Yours kind of reminded me of... I believe it was Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. They were really big, and of course that's their name. And they were, <laughs> and um, their name is Rage Against the Machine, and they were pretty big. I think in the '90s, like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some loud music playing, I but think it's from the hotel or not the hotel? Maybe. Is that from? I don't pool? know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I just hear it, and but yeah. maybe y'all, you do too. But for I remember. I don't remember. I wasn't alive. But I remember learning about it. 
they yeah. were um they're, they're gonna play on bbc like live on bbc yeah and the bbc was like all right guys you're raging against the machine but you gotta follow the machine you can't curse <laughs> and rage against the machine was like what we're rage against the machine <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> what are you talking about so they legitimately just went on air like live on air and just like even the places in their songs that didn't have curse words they just <laughs> put them there <laughs> and of course it's like you want rage against the machine you're gonna get the rage against your machine yeah of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep that checks out of mm-hmm. your own actions <laughs> <laughs> don't poke the bear don't poke the machine don't poke the machine <laughs> <laughs> oh my god don't poke the machine or you'll get my rage no. now that you're talking about it do you remember this is like totally off topic it doesn't like even uh have to deal with like uh, bands rebelling against um institutions but you remember that uh, one time we were talking about this one band that the drummer, um, I don't remember what band it was, but he ties himself to like a seat and he does like a whole 360. Slip- oh. And Slipknot? Joy Jordan. Is it Slipknot? It was either Slipknot so, or um, Korn. It might be both because so what we're talking about is that uh, Joey Jordanson from Slipknot, uh, rest in peace. Uh, rest in peace. He is sadly not with us, but he... um. What what they did is they kind of were known for a little bit of stage performance. So he had this like, ma- like they hooked the drum set up to a thing, so that it would uh like from the ground it would turn almost a ninety degree angle so that he was like perpendicular to the floor, mm. and then it would just start like spinning around the stage, in really cool ways. And multiple times he had, he ha- he like lost his drumsticks and he couldn't like continue playing because like <laughs> he was like perpendicular to the floor yeah oh. and um, interesting it was it's a it's really a whole thing it's yeah. a really cool thing that was like the way they did the drum set and things and he was still pl- when he did when he could play because he had the sticks it was really cool to watch because he was a really good he's he was a, a great drummer some people say he was even one of the best hmm. um he had like a really fast movement so seeing him go really like do all that while moving on with the drums that moving was super super cool and i have i've seen that i've se- i've seen that multiple times now with like the drum set Big moving uh-huh. in a in a sense like across the stage um which is interesting i don't think that they were the originators of it though hmm. i'm pretty sure i think there was someone else did it first but i can't re- i do not know hmm. but yes very interesting also very cool yeah a cool moment for sure all right, so no dead air. I'm just gonna um gonna riff you're gonna while riff. we think. Um, <laughs> anyone have oh, anything else? I have a oh, cool yeah. moment. Um, for anyone that's listening, that's involved in the um like Auburn DIY scene. Yes. Um, yeah. one of the first um like house shows that I remember is uh, the Halloween Bash, mm-hmm. um last year. And Brunch with Rosie and Brooke Collective played. Ah, um, oh, shout out to them actually. They're playing for the birthday, um, the Weagle birthday. Yes, the Weagle fifty two anniversary extravaganza. Woo! Um, you guys should go. You need to go. I don't know the date, but if you go to our Instagram, Weagle um, AU, mm-hmm. we're having a super show that day. Yes, a where, super set. Where they are headlining. So check if that out if you're so inclined. <laughs> if your heart so desires yeah, that's right no calls to action only if fun. you heart desires if you want 
But um, yes. So back to the story. Um, uh, one of the first shows that I remember, um, was that Halloween bash with Brunch with Rosie and Brooke Collective, and the Bard also played. Um, they were dressed as a little pirate, <laughs> and was like so Bard branded. Um, but anyways, so that happened, and then, um, I remember them playing Take the Power Back for the first time. And no one knew what to do until, oh. like, Ashley and this other dude was like, do you guys want to mosh? Oh, no. <laughs> and then they're just standing oh, there. Yes. And then, like, I mean, not, like, just standing there. I mean, like, there was people headbanging and stuff. Uh. But, like, you know, like, it was still pretty, like, static until people started, like, asking around, like, do you guys want to mosh? And they did. And, and we did. And it was amazing. And I feel like it was one of the... Um, kind of, like, main moments in recent, like, Auburn history mm-hmm. where, like, the DIY scene is finally, like, coming together and yes. culture. Like, we are experiencing, like, culture being created in Auburn, like, mm. as yes. we go. If you live in Auburn or even Opelika in the surrounding areas, you need to check out DIY Auburn if you feel so inclined, the Instagram. <laughs> it, it is, um, it talks about a lot of local shows, local music that's coming out. I know we also have, on this radio show, we have a new, we have a local music block that we play, I believe every Friday, not today, for reasons, <laughs> but most Fridays where we play new local music. So you definitely check out local music, because local music is good and cool and fun, if you feel so inclined. <laughs> Um, speaking of local music, I remember the first time I saw Brooke Collective, they brought out their Aztec death whistle. (gasps) Yes. That is a crucial part of their set. So if you two, our history pod, you need to come to the Weagle show. Ah, It's free for entry. It's on Cater Lawn. Um, if you feel so inclined to come, (laughs) um, it's going to be super awesome. Mm -hmm. But something that Brooke Collective does is that they kind of do a lot of, like, cool instruments. Yeah. They They had the didgeridoo at one point as well. But what they do, a common thing, is they bring in an Aztec death whistle for one of their songs. Interesting. And they use that in their set. And it is, like, the coolest thing, like, to experience, like, live for the first time. I remember I saw it, and I was like, whoa. Like, didn't even think of, like, would never even think about that, like, being used in a song. Like, because yeah. they do like a lot of, what would you call it? Jazz esque um, kind of it's pop. Kinda like, yeah, it's kind of like, I would call it like synth rock. Yeah. Maybe. Or hmm. no, because they're not the 1975. But I feel like jazz is a. Is a, is a jazz is very accurate. Very jazz adjacent, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Interesting. So it's like this really cool, like, like they have, oh, their bass player. Their bass, John. Oh my He's goodness. the one that sings Take the Power Back. And it's just. Crazy. It's just become a love letter to Brooke Collective at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. But they're so cool. Like, I mean, I would never think to bring in an Aztec death whistle to play. Mm-hmm. But they were like, yeah, let's bring in an Aztec death whistle. Yeah, that's very, very cool. They also, I know they have a didgeridoo. Ah. Which is that a, long. Yeah, they have a big didgeridoo and they have a small didgeridoo. I've oh, never seen the small one. Interesting. Uh, it was at their kind of comedy set. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just like, it just looks like a little box. It's kind of like sad. Oh, knowing the real thing. Mm. Yeah, because I've seen them play the big thing, and the yeah. guy like has to get on the floor, and like yes. it's like <laughs> taking up like one third of the stage, and it's like <laughs> it's just yeah. Aztec like cool. death whistles, man. 
Mm-hmm. Super, also super cool things also that were invented. Cool. Yeah. Um, Do you guys want to talk about uh, like some other moments from the artists you pick? Sure, I could do that. Let's see. So I guess if we're going back over to the Beatles here, something that I find especially interesting is their change from being, you know, like the, I guess, kind of like parallel to Taylor Swift and like, you know, they were all proper and British and, you know, (laughs) like everybody had uh, a crush on them in the United States, I guess. And then they changed from that to their more like, you know, um, the hippie era, if you will, I guess, with their sort of change in sound, and they kind of develop as technology develops. So all of a sudden, they go from mostly like, you know, guitar and all of that to using the synthesizers and things like that. So kind of kind of connecting to what you're talking about that's going on here in Auburn with the ingenuity of adding new instruments. The Beatles do that too, especially... Um, so I took a survey of popular music class. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. With with what professor? Um. Oh. Oh. I see. What's her? What's her name? Uh. It'll come to me. She is the yes. one who's in charge of Sonic Nation, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is like the popular music uh, mm-hmm. program here, and she was great. But anyway, so we did a like analysis, I guess, of yeah. uh, Strawberry Fields, the Beatles song, and we watched the music video too. And it's just so interesting how different that is from the song that we played for everybody earlier um, in just not even message or style, but like, you know, just, <laughs> I guess, even going down to the vibes of the song, it's not the same. And it's just cool how they evolved so much uh, throughout time and, you know, kind of reverbed their sound off the energy of the time. So that was interesting. And then, I mean, I could keep talking too, but <laughs> who else has something to add here? Uh, Sophia, <laughs> it has Taylor, it's Taylor Swift. What other cool moments does she do? Ooh, yeah. What do you think about her tour? I'm so excited. I see her in two weeks. Oh, oh that's so dude. exciting. Congrats. Oh, that's awesome. I can see her in Nashville, and I'm just so excited. Very cool. That sounds super cool. Yeah. That's going to be pretty impressive moments. I think it'll be fun because... Uh, she claims to be from Nashville, even though she's originally <laughs> from Pennsylvania. Ah, so yeah. <laughs> I think that she'll have a lot of fun. And then also Phoebe Bridgers is headlining, so that's why uh, I wanted or like yeah. headlining, but opening for her, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason I wanted to do the Nashville show. And mm-hmm. so I'm very excited because I also really love um, Phoebe Bridgers. So yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. Yes. Didn't That'll Taylor Swift spend like a bunch of time in Nashville learning songwriting? Yes. Because yeah, she was originally a country, yeah. like a mm-hmm. little country bumpkin girl singing about country songs. Yes. <laughs> Humble <Aww>. beginnings. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very cool. Hmm. Would you say that technology uh, here has changed the way that artists perform? Do you think that she's had to, like, evolve, you know, the way she does concerts? Especially because now, like, you know, everybody's holding up their phones, recording it, and so... They're going to compare what she does at one one venue to another. Do you think that makes an impact? Oh, yeah. I mean, technically, you're not allowed to film at the venues. Okay. Um, it's you're not? Like, they have a sign, but, like, obviously no one's going to stop you because mm, it's a concert. Yeah. And people think it's a legal issue because she might be filming, like, a documentary or, oh. like, a live or a performance of the mm-hmm. show. Okay, yeah. And so, like, legally they have to tell you you can't record it. Hmm. Um. But, yeah, she's been changing a lot of the costumes, and she's always trying to, like, as she obviously gets bigger, she needs – she's now performing in stadiums, so she, you ha- everyone gets, like, a light-up wristband, ah. and they'll do, like, 
like I know during the reputation tour snakes would go through the audience like the, the wristbands would light up and form a snake in the audience oh, I have wow. seen that. so yeah. like people will say like Super there's no cool. bad seats at a Taylor Swift concert because like every like part of the stadium is part of the performance itself that's cool yeah I have a ton of respect for artists like especially popular artists that will continue to do really good stage productions yeah for sure because yeah that makes some artists difference. that I see that I'm like you could do so much more and you're just on stage just like singing and the thing is that's can, that can be good sometimes but I feel like when you get to a stadium level you have mm-hmm. to have a stadium like quality show yeah for sure i think that makes a huge difference like even just watching like you know uh singing competition shows like you know i feel like that emphasizes at least to me just how much entertainment value goes into it because i feel like i can quickly lose interest if people just singing like mm-hmm. well i mean i guess it's different if you know their songs versus if you don't but if you do then i guess it makes an even more impact as to the experience for sure yeah and like you know they have to entice you to come instead of just listening on the radio or i mean i also i believe that if you're going to charge so much for a stadium ticket you Mm -hmm. need to give a stadium worthy show for sure sure. like because you know a smaller venue you you can kind of get away with like you're only spending what like 20 bucks to get in Mm -hmm. you know they're singing and you get to have like your you get to see like people around you you know it's a more smaller environment but once you get to stadium level it's like no like you have to take the time to you know get there get your stuff checked like a bunch of things so you better make it worth your audience's while yeah Mm -hmm. to be there and i think that she's done a good job at that Mm -hmm. of course we could go into you know the ticket match situation but <laughs> that's a di- that's a different conversation <laughs> yes. for a different day yeah but like <laughs> i do know like other artists um that i just think could be doing more but i think she does just a good i've, I've seen videos from her her it's called the heiress tour right yep yes of like just the way she just is interacting with the crowd is like is really engaging and i think it's cool yeah yeah do you think she's setting a standard that other people will have to try and emulate with the way she does things on stage or is it just her own brand and no one else can <laughs> attempt to compare i think people are going to try to i just don't know if anyone's going to do it like the way she exactly does it mm, yeah that's a good point that's a good point i think it's interesting because i know probably we both yeah in the so in, <laughs> there's like in metal in the metal and punk scene mm, stage a production and presence is half of the half of yeah. the experience right mm-hmm. i mean speaking of remstein i was talking about earlier they are known for lighting things on like their py- there's pyrotechnic skills being unmatched mm. yeah like like their guitars are on fire uh, the lead singer till linderman at some point he had flaming like a flaming metal wings that he would put on <laughs> wow. Oh, wow like yeah. super cool pyrotechnics that like that's why they're so popular and why their stadiums get sold out because their yeah. their stage production is unmatched. Even mm. people that don't like their songs want to see their stage, their level of stage production. Hmm. I've been seeing. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was Corn. Uh, but like I might be wrong. There was bands. Um, that I like watched videos of like MTV like early 2000s, for, and um. Like they were actually, you know how like in um the Hunger Games. Like she literally, f- yeah, yeah. People were lighting themselves on fire with like a special like um, Suit and stuff. suits and stuff mm. on stage, oh, and like, wow. um, I'm not saying like Taylor Swift is definitely like amazing at what she does, mm-hmm. but also there's like other people doing like a lot yes. of production as well. Right. Sometimes okay, I'm yeah. like, I I look at a production, I'm like that's cool, but then I remember that he had a a flaming pair of <laughs> wings on him. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like. 
So, but it is a it's a different audience too. Yeah, like right. Metal right. and pop, two separate branches of music. Yeah, but for sure. Sometimes, like I'll look at like, an kind of shade, but like a Harry Styles concert, <laughs> and I look at that yeah. and I'm like. For the amount of money people are spending to be there, I just feel like there could be more. Mm. Yeah. So I always will commend an artist for just having a good stage presence. I'm not saying everyone has to light themselves on fire. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You can do other cool Ooh. things like lights. And uh, King uh, Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, they have amazing concerts. Hmm. And like the weird thing about it is just like most of the because they're like they have they a bring lot of King production. Lizard. Yes, King. What? They bring in King Lizard. They bring in King. Li- they bring oh the King. Oh my goodness! They bring the Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> the Lizard King is what? here. <laughs> no, but um, like, as their crazy production like goes on, um, the music that they're playing on top of that, most of the time is improvised. Because uh, mm. they're a jazz type yeah. band. Yeah. And it's just like so crazy to think about that on top of like everything that they're actually like already doing in their production. Yeah. They're they have the mind to improvise out of nowhere music. For sure. Yeah. You have to yeah. be like super talented in your, yeah. in your in your in your craft, I guess, in music to just be able to just to just riff. Yeah. And just be good at it. Yeah. Um and wow. <laughs> have the have the mentality to do it too and not get like, you know, nervous and uh, yeah, <laughs> you lose that. Yeah. Super impressive. I think, I mean, I don't know much about EDM music, but they have like the light shows they do mm-hmm. are also pretty impressive. I just think there's just a lot of different things now with the technology that people can do with. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole like Taylor Swift wristband thing, that's super cool how it's like they're, yeah. they're programmed to do things. For sure. Like, <laughs> if you're going to have a stadium sized audience, do something with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know. Really cool. I think I know. K-pop has the light. The, oh, the light one. The light one. I've heard of that. Yeah. I don't really know much about K-pop, so I'm, I can't really say that. Yeah. But I know they have that. I don't know if that's like similar to where they're. I don't think they're programmed. I could be wrong. I'm sorry, K-pop uh, fans. I just don't know anything about it. But I do know that like. I just I just think stage I think just stage production just can make or break a show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, like again, if I'm gonna spend money on a stadium. Like you better bring me stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's part you of the reason the I thing. haven't. Sorry, what was you? Oh say? no, you're good. Oh, that's part of the reason that I kind of like stopped. I mean, like I obviously love a lot of um more like bigger mm-hmm. artists. Um, but like when they like come around like um, Nashville or Atlanta, uh, they're playing like arenas or like stadiums. I'm like, no. Um, I'd rather not because I know it, the production is not going to be as great. Mm. I'd rather like go to small venue shows like um, Terminal West or The Masquerade. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just, like more of an experience. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that I don't know. That's my take on like big stadium shows. It's just like I love the uh, feeling of connection you have to the artist, especially when you're barricading mm. to be just like so close to the guitar or like the artist singing that they can literally, like, breathe on you. Like, that's crazy. And it's just, like, such a connection you form with the uh, yes. artist. Yeah, that is crazy. And um, I don't know. I feel like for stadiums, that kind of feeling of adrenaline, it's a little bit unmatched. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we're running out of time, sadly. Oh, my God. Aww. Are there any final statements we want to say to our lovely audience that's been here with us? Ooh. Ooh. 
yes, uh, shout out to the um, Weagle 52nd birthday bash extravaganza. Woo, um, yeah, yeah. I'll go to the Instagram and if you are so if you inclined, are so inclined <laughs> if your heart so desires attend the <laughs> if your heart so desires attend the event and, for sure. and you can watch the death whistle uh, for yourself yes <laughs> super cool yeah, yeah so a reminding I am Ray from the Cook with Power Hour I am Sam for Angstein Monday Southern One I'm Sophia from the History Radio Hour live at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays or wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, that's right. And I'm Victoria, also from the History Radio Hour podcast. It's all history to me. We hope to hear your, well, we hope that you'll hear us at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays. <laughs> yes, yes. I hope all of you had a good time. And we will all, I guess, I won't see y'all later. You'll you hear us later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always radio. Say, yeah. Which is good radio. I always Ooh. say this after my shows, but stay cool and classy, everyone. Woo. And I love all of you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.